0: Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 38, our interview with the head of Rebel for a Change, Aspen Luzier. This woman is an amazing soul and a great example to all of us. Uh, Really making a positive change in whatever areas you're striving for. In her particular case, it's addictions and those affected and surrounding someone who might be uh, experiencing addiction in their life. We talked a little bit in this episode about what I always remind you, our valued audience of, which are two things. Number one, you are priceless And you are never alone. We talk a little bit about that more in this interview. And I want to also remind you of our challenges that we always give our audience. Number one, study. Keep studying if you have been. Start studying if you haven't been. Learn, grow, read, develop. That's what this is all about. You can do that through Audible. Audible sponsors our podcast. They're actually offering our listeners. That's you a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash empowerhumans. That's audibletrial.com slash empowerhumans all together. And browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. You get a free audiobook. And I've been going through more than a book a week as part of kind of my own New Year's resolution this year. And so far, so good. I think I just started my 54th book. So I'm a little ahead of myself. It's November at the time of this recording. I'm currently listening to three books to kind of break it up a little bit. But uh, one of them is called Fast Food Genocide, all about these processed foods we eat. Some of that uh, may tie into this topic of addiction that we'll be talking about in this interview today. Another book is called The Collapse of. Parenting, a great book for any parent or kid or whatever it might be. Everyone knows about parenting and is the product of parents. So, this book I think applies to everybody. There's lots of great parenting books out there as well. And the third book I'm listening to right now is called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. And there's other great biographies, autobiographies, rock stars, all these things you can learn about. Whatever is of importance and value to you, you can learn about through Audible. So, Take advantage of their offer, get a free audiobook, and continue on with their service, audibletrial.com slash empowerhumans. The second of the three challenges is keep making great moments with your loved ones, love them as a verb, an action word, surprise someone, make an impact. All these things will overshadow any regrets you may have in your life for the most part. And the last thing is let's keep doing this podcast together. I'm so excited to bring this interview to you. And without further ado, enjoy this interaction that we had about Rebel for a Change, Aspen Luzier and her organization, and some great insights also that she provided about being the wife of a rock star. So enjoy it. How you doing? This is Phil.
1: I am so good. I've been anticipating this call. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good, too. I'm already recording, by the way. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, this, I mean, we've had some messages back and forth. And this is our first real, you know, conversation, so... Uh,
1: I know, and you've been so extremely patient with me, which I am incredibly grateful for, because <laughs> uh, Rebel has really um, taken a, a, a quicker launch than I thought was going to happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> So yeah.
1: I'm just very appreciative for everybody who takes that into consideration.
0: Yeah, that's great. And Anything taking a quicker launch is usually a good thing but that can be overwhelming <laughs> i imagine too you, you know your time gets gets busy so
2: yeah you know
1: it's it's really awesome because where i thought i would have been overwhelmed this is a life i've been living all of my existence so it's it's been the language i've been speaking and now just to be able to generate this language to a broader
2: community who
1: needs it it just feels right
0: yeah Yeah, yeah, that's and that's great. I mean, when you feel right, (laughs) you feel like you're on the right path. There's nothing like that because a lot of people, you know, sometimes get lost and don't necessarily feel like they're they're necessarily doing what they're supposed to do yet. So I think that could be inspiring for people. Now, as our audience may know. We interviewed your husband here a couple weeks ago, and uh, and if you yeah. if you're listening to this and you don't know that, then go back and listen to that because. Uh, and for those who don't know, her husband is Ray Luzier, and your name is Aspen, also Luzier. <laughs> but yeah. uh, and now Ray is the drummer for Corn and all that, and and I want to get into this whole thing about Rebel for a Change because I think it's incredible and amazing and awesome what you're doing. I had two quick <laughs> questions, kind of as a. Uh, appendage to my interview with Ray and one of those is, I understand he, he came back into town recently that, you know, he's on tour and uh, so what is that like from your end with that whole thing? And again, just real quick, as, and then I want to get into this Rebel for a Change, but what is that like? Yeah! As,
2: <laughs> you know, it's we've been together, we
1: going on 10 years now, we have two children, so life is chaotic, our kids are still small, and very dependable on mommy and daddy, uh, which has been mommy a lot lately. And so juggling it is interesting. But being that we've done this for 10 years, uh, it's just sort of goes with the nature of what we do now. And the kids are really understanding of it because that's all they know. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. But,
1: you know, it's really cool because when I met Ray, I was doing modeling and acting and living in that world and soon became a mom uh-huh. and did that and, and was house mom and wife and, and I enjoyed that. But this is the first time Ray's ever really been able to see me as like, I don't know, my like a, a boss and like a businesswoman <laughs> yeah. and making very quick, swift judgment calls. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's
1: neat for me to see, to, for him to see me in this light now, because he's never seen this side of me.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: It's, it's, uh, he's been very patient with me, because, um, and as I have been with him, sure. but he's really allowing me to take the reins right now and just do what I feel is best in the sense of rebel, and not feeling like he's got to hold me back, which is really nice, because, you know, being, being the other side of... Uh, relationship, uh, I've really been there for him. So it's really nice to see him reciprocate that respect back to me.
0: Yeah, it's great to see you guys both flourishing in your own right with what you're trying to do. And I think you guys are a great example of largely what a couple should be. I mean, clearly I'm not super privy to everything in your family and your marriage, but I, I see yeah. you from a distance and I see you guys uh, make sacrifices and, and take care of each other and all that. So, um, Absolutely. that's Absolutely.
1: It's because like Ray has his audience that really connects and speaks with him, and he mm-hmm. inspires so many individuals.
2: Sure.
1: And where I've now been able to find my journey and take my path and and do it on on my on my scale and my spectrum, it's it's neat to see how we're both inspiring others to try to be better people and try to make the change for yourself, um, where yeah. nobody else can do it for you.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, you got, like I say, great example. And I'm glad that uh, you, you're finding your way to balance this all out. Because a lot of the world doesn't know what that's like because most of us, you know, I'm a musician, but I, you know, I don't travel mm-hmm. the world like he does. So I, I think that's a good kind of insight for some of our audience. To say, oh, okay. Because they, they don't know what that's like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, it's hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It is hard. Sure. Um, and it, every day, it's... It's a constant battle to try to reach each other on the phone and have a meaningful conversation, and it doesn't always happen. And I think the biggest thing right now about children being so small is just trying not to allow that difficulty to reflect on our kids and still be present for them in any way possible, shape that we can, while still juggling our marriage and our business and our brand. Um, just making sure that our kids don't feel, you know, the stress that can come from
2: that because it's
0: it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I can only imagine. But um, now, on one hand, is it is it kind of cool to be able to say, "Oh, my husband is this big drummer for corn and all that," versus, <laughs> "Oh, he's an accountant or something." <laughs> no offense to the accountants well, out there. You're
2: gonna hear this, so I'm very brutally
1: honest. You know, in the very beginning, it was. I thought, you know, being the modeling world, like, oh, I'm like dating with a rock star. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, I'm I'm like a completely different person where none of that means anything to me. Yeah, and I think I very I highly respect what he does and what he has built from the ground up, what he's done for himself. Um, but you know, throwing ego aside and all of that, all of that. Um, you know, I just see him as
0: my husband and what he does, he's like a, that's, that's a different life almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, people are just people. I've, I've lived in LA and I, you know, I got to yeah. know various types of celebrities and stuff here and there. And it's just, when it gets down to the rest of the world, you know, I grew up in New Mexico and, uh, there's not a lot of that there and <laughs> a lot of anything. Yeah. No offense to right. even New Mexico. <laughs> But right. for those of us who didn't grow up around that, and Ray certainly didn't, he's a farm boy, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, you start to realize oh, it's just people who worked real hard, some, some luck and all that and doing uh, whatever it is they're doing and good for them to have whatever success they've had and whatever it is, acting, music, whatever. So, but uh, anyway, right. I mean, thanks for opening up on that part of your life because I think that kind of helps people kind of understand you and your perspective and kind of where you are at this particular stage where you're where you're, bringing this thing forth, this rebel for a change. And tell me a little bit about this rebel for a change, if you would, uh, as far Absolutely. as what is it and, and why. Why is that your cause?
1: Yeah, so, goodness, for... For most of my young life, addiction was very prevalent uh, as a child, watching it,
2: Uh watching
1: my stepmother struggle through very hard drugs, getting off the school bus in second grade and having to watch her sleep to make sure she was still breathing while my father was at work and... um, In that time, my my father was sober. Uh, He battled alcoholism, and I would go to AA meetings with him. Mm. And so it was my normal, and uh, I knew it wasn't everybody's normal, uh, but that's just what I was raised around and and comfortable, I guess, for the most part with. Mm. Uh, But then I realized how I I watched my dad suffer back and, and fall back in the grasps of addiction, and while him and I were trying to help my stepmother, goodness, this was second grade. Uh, yeah. When we were trying to help her, I realized she wasn't responding to the help because she wasn't ready to be there. So mm.
2: um,
1: she wasn't ready to become clean and you know face her demons. So uh, fast forward into my adolescent years, I I too started partying and drinking and and doing things because that's what I saw and was comfortable with. And um, socially, I just adapted into that. Mm, Um, And then fast forward into my mid-20s, I met Ray, and I just realized that's not what I really wanted. Ray's never done a drug in his life, and he was somebody who... I felt like I really needed to be honest for myself uh, to really give this person a good go um, and move forward with a relationship that I really wanted. Uh, so uh, not that I was doing anything that was, you know, an addiction, an addictive. I didn't have an addictive personality towards these drugs, but it was something I was definitely dabbling in and, and knew that it was wrong. Um, so now, let's fast forward into I'm a mother and mm-hmm. um, seeing my father really, really fall into the grasp of addiction. Um, I just, let's just say I had a good perspective on all angles, on being the child of somebody battling with addiction, mm-hmm. to then dabbling in it myself and realizing where that would lead you. Um, to then marrying somebody who's never been there before and just seeing really all of the angles and where it could lead your life. And when my father suffered, he was he started to, um, doing crystal meth. Mm. Uh, I did everything in my power to be there for him. Mm-hmm.
2: We would get phone
1: calls of him threatening to commit suicide, to uh threatening to oh goodness i don't know if i should say this one let's just not go that i don't want to go too deep with where he is on his personal personal life but um
2: okay
1: he uh my father found himself in a really bad place and i was trying everything in my power to be there for him and realizing in in doing that my husband was on tour all the time we had two small children And there was this void. Ray didn't understand not having ever dealt with addiction or ever going down, you know, drugs in his life. He -hmm. didn't understand the compassion that I still had for my father. Mm -hmm. Um, So him and I, our, our marriage started suffering. I started suffering as a mother and a friend because I had nowhere to go with trying to fill this void of my father not being who I remembered him to be and having to try to be there for him and realizing that my heart was the only one that was truly breaking because, unfortunately, it was the drug that was allowing him to act and say the things that he did with not having any kind of, like, internal repercussions.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So I started drinking at night. Uh, I'd put my kids to bed, and I would sit in front of the computer. I owned a photography business at the time, and I, I started drinking again. And to the point where I would be nearly a bottle down every single night, uh, going to bed at like 2 a.m., just crying, hurting, not being able to understand and identify why, mm. uh, but just feeling very alone and wow. that nobody could understand me and where I was at. But then who do you talk to when you're the one who loves an addict? Because, you know, there's not too many support groups, and the ones that there were or there are out, I just felt very uncomfortable going into a room full of strangers to talk about my story and right. my journey. Right. So I just, I... I just sheltered my emotions and my feelings. And I got to a point where I realized I was going to soon be walking down the same footsteps as where my father has found himself if I didn't get my act together. Yeah. So I walked into a boxing gym and I needed something to really hit me hard. Um, (laughs) I would go into that gym every single day and... I would have a hoodie on and a, and a hat and I would go in there and try to, like, not allow anybody to see me um, and conceal just everything that I was feeling. But the second I got behind that bag, I would just start bawling while hitting it um, and allowing, like, I didn't understand at that time what was happening. Um, I just knew what I needed. So when doing that and trying to get myself back into a better mental state because what was happening is i was i was going under a depression um mm-hmm. getting myself back into a, a mental state of clarity allowed me to be like you know what i'm about to lose my marriage i'm not the same mother i was I'm, I, i've lost many of my friends and i don't even know who i am anymore and i need to talk to somebody because I'm like hurting. Um, So I went to social media and spoke about my father's addiction and how it started to get a grasp on me and finding boxing as new therapy. Yeah. um, Not drinking anymore and just, I just spoke. And then I realized how many people uh, messaged me within. Hours, like the first hour, direct message me of just thank you for your honesty and thank you for being real and putting your heart on your sleeve because I am going through this too and I don't know where to go. Yeah. And the first person who messaged me where I realized that there is something here, there's something that needs to be done here, was like a woman wrote me and she said, I'm a nurse and I had back surgery and I can no longer afford medicine, so I am now taking be to master the pain, mm-hmm. and I want to thank you for being a voice to my children. And at that point, I was just like, something has to be done, um, because those kids could easily go down the same path I did, um, and that's where
2: my heart was really breaking. Wow. I'm trying
0: to sum that up. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. I mean, and it's something that clearly, there's a lot that's built up in 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 form of whether we say tension and sadness yeah. and whatever it all is, and that those forces can be. Destructive, as we've all seen by this stage of our lives, <laughs> or yeah. or or you can do something constructive with it, and it sounds like that's the path that, that you've gotten on at least at this point too. It sounds like you, there were some destructive aspects early on as well, but
1: absolutely, uh, yeah, there was, and to be able to own up to it and mm-hmm. realize my faults and where they were stemming from, um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I it just. This is where I want Rebel to be able to step in, and um, we're on the early stages of this. But to create, let's be proactive. Let's let's be active in the sense of creating empowerment for the adults. But how can we be proactive so these little children who see it, like I did, don't go down the same path?
0: Right. Um, right.
1: How do we create this program, this mentorship? to help these kids and give these kids childhood that maybe they might not get, or maybe they might not have because they're trying to be the adult in the situation, or they've seen addiction so clearly in their childhood where, you know, it's easy for them to, oh, I'm just going to dabble in it because, you know, I've seen my parents go through it and and they're fine, you know, for the most part, but, yeah, Yeah. it was, um, I'm grateful to have, been able to have my kids because uh I realized that you know I have nothing to I, who I want to prove something to is them and they were the ones who allowed me to see clearly
0: yeah yeah no that's uh, no no better motivator in the world than than kids I mean regardless of anyone's belief system clearly whether there's a design to all this, we're not going to argue all that in this call. But uh, I, I personally yeah. believe there is. But uh, the, the the greatest incentive in the world, to, and I, I, as a general rule, I believe the people that that we love, whether it's in an intimate relationship, parents, siblings, and your own children of all things, are are incentive or can be for us to become our best selves as well. At least that's right. What I one of the reasons I believe those people exist in our world it's not just we come to a planet and we're by ourselves there's people that we love and right I let me ask you this Aspen do you if you don't mind me asking do you have siblings also
1: I have a stepbrother and I have um, a half-sister all and uh, they weren't introduced into my life until I was older okay. so it was hard to really connect
0: mm-hmm. with them
1: so really I felt like an only child for most of my childhood
0: yeah well, and it's interesting as I listened to, to Ray talk uh, about his, uh, you know, growing up on the farm, There's a lot of uh, basically kind of, no offense, Ray, being a little naive to an extent, just, just mm-hmm. because he was kind of sheltered, mm-hmm. he, not in the sense of that's who he, he is, but he just homes. didn't. Right. Yeah, that's all he knew. I mean, and and yeah. you're fortunate in the rock star world that he's a guy who's, and we've he and I have chatted about this offline a little bit too, about... Uh, that he just never decided to pick up a, yeah. you know, a drug or anything like that, and yeah. a lot of these, you know, like I said, I'm a musician. I've I've seen it, and I personally don't myself either. But uh, you know, I, I grew up playing music in a garage too. Just just kind of comparing backgrounds slightly. I didn't deal with addiction like you did in your in your family, but right. you know, smoke filled garages yeah. and all that. I you know I and that's just cigarettes, but that's addiction too, and then other things that people. Right dabble in, but, um,
1: yeah. And that, and that really played a huge part in him and I suffering for a good year. It was tough because, um, one, you know, uh, trying to understand that people who battle with addiction, yes, it's their choice in the beginning to say, I'm going to do this, but, and this is where people can, you know, go back and forth, but you know, it is a disease, and once it and once mm-hmm. it has a hold of you, there. And people often choose a drug because they're trying to mask something else. But regardless, it was very hard for him to understand, understand that. Yeah. First of all, but then also understand, like, gosh, how can your father say these absolutely horrific things to you, and you still like want to be there for him yeah. Um, because it's having the compassion for the addict and having the, the compassion of who you know that they can be and who you
2: mm-hmm.
1: know that they are deep and down inside and, and what you know that they can get back to. Um, so it was very hard in our marriage for him because he didn't want to see me get hurt. Um, and I can understand that, but I think for rebel, uh, we are our mission is to raise awareness for the loved one, loved ones walking alongside the individuals battling addiction
2: mm-hmm. and
1: i think I think so much we can change the way today's society views addiction by hearing the ones who love an addict yeah. instead of placing our judgment on addiction by watching these people do and say horrible things um. Let's hear it from a loving side because uh, we all know addiction is terrible and yeah. um, everything that stems off of it can become very horrific. Yeah. But yeah, let's course. try to look at it from a compassionate side because what we've been doing isn't working. So how can we try to change the mold and change the spectrum to allow people to visualize it different and maybe you know what really makes me extremely frustrated
2: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know what it is if it's uh gosh what is it dr phil it's one of those tv shows where
2: <laughs> they
1: um have an intervene have an intervention with the addict and and they yeah. televise this where
2: yeah this yeah. person
1: is hurting and they are they're hurting for for very personal reasons Who knows what their childhood was about? Who, you know, who knows? But the fact that today's society was like, oh, yeah, we're going to put money into this television show so we can make money off of putting these people on the spot when they're already hurting very bad. And then we're going to just everybody be angry towards them and hope that we can have this intervention and change them and, you know, whip them back into shape. But it's just like, Mm. oh, People, like, watch this, and it's just very heartbreaking when you look at it from a compassionate angle.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
2: that's just my personal opinion.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, your opinion is of value, and you're in an even more authoritative place now because you have this uh, this organization, uh, so... Your opinion matters, and clearly, your opinion has its own authority because you have this life experience also. And and when you yeah. talk when you talk about some of your own personal struggles, and I appreciate that you laid out kind of a a whole panoramic picture sort of of your life as it involves this topic, um, because right. you kind of talk about some ups and downs and things that that went on at different stages. But um, how, how does this whole thing play in, do you think? Because it sounds like there's a vicious cycle that takes place, kind of a repetitive cycle amongst generations where, like in your case, you started getting into certain things. And was it, was that something that, that you kind of was draw, were drawn to because this is what you were experiencing and seeing? Or do, do you feel like there is, I mean, clearly scientifically, they say these things are they kind of run in families a little bit too. But uh, mm-hmm. do you want to comment more on that as far as the vicious cycle part? That's what I think is interesting about what you're doing, too, because mm-hmm. we, we do focus on the addict. But again, what about what about everything surrounded? There's maybe hundreds or even thousands of people affected in some capacity around the zillions of individuals who are the actual addicts. And so from right. the child's perspective, I know that's a long question, but what would you like to say about any of that?
1: Yeah, I know that question was like... There's a lot to be said right there. Um, yeah. so with rebel rebel for change, this is not I wasn't planning on starting a nonprofit with mm-hmm. with my journey. Uh, it became a conversation piece that allowed me to realize there were so many people like myself that had nowhere to go and were starting to fall in a and a bad mental state, which then led to self-mutilation, cutting, to deal with their pain of watching their loved one. Uh, They started falling into addiction themselves, like I was. Mm -hmm. Um, There was so much that was happening to the ones who love an addict. Um, So that is where where I began, was like, oh my gosh, this is insanity. Like, there's so many people who... Let's just say Al-Anon, which is an incredible program that stems off of AA, and they have a 12-step program, which works for people. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, that wasn't my comfortability. My comfortability, oddly enough, was to be heard on a larger spectrum, where I realized by sharing my pain and sharing my vulnerability and sharing where I was falling um, and just laying it all on the table allowed other individuals to find light, it shed light, it, it just basically put a spotlight on what was happening and allowed other people to realize who loved an addict or somebody even recovering, like, this, this could be my journey. And it just yeah. sort of like put an alert up for people to understand that not only the person who's struggling with the addiction needs recovery, but the individuals who love them need recovery too. And they need a place to talk to, or a, a place to talk. Um, so, in the beginning of Rebel, it was creating awareness. So, how mm-hmm. do we do that? How do we, how do we bring this community together and create awareness, and then also give these individuals something substantial to allow them to see that they can, they can find the light within themselves to make the change. Right. So that was the beginning, but then. Uh, I worked with an individual who helped me realize why I was really hurting. So let's strip the ego, let's strip the anger, let's strip all that stuff because, you know, you're you're so angry when you you love an addict because you feel helpless, and and there's so many things that are said and done to you where you're just like, well, here we go again. Now what? Yeah. Um, so there's a, there was a lot of anger that started with with the beginning of it. But to strip all of that aside and realize, okay, where where are we really hurting? Where am I really hurting? And I realized it was the children. It was the children who that broke my heart, that didn't have the tools to know what to do with these emotions, and they yeah. didn't understand what these emotions even meant, um, which then uh, you know bring them to their adolescent years, and which we discussed that. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to get really on a personal note here, um, but I've shared this before, so I feel confident sharing it now, but when Jonathan Davis, his wife, Devin Davis, passed away, mm-hmm. it, really, it really hit home. Um, he's been open with her death, so I'm, I'm not going to touch on that, but... It allowed me to challenge Rebel in the sense of, okay, what are you going to do, Rebel? What are you going to do, Aspen, in this situation where this happens time and time again and these children, you know, are left with n- not having a mother now? Mm. Mm. Um, mm, sorry. Um, yeah. I, so... That's where I realized that rebel has to be more than just a statement, empowerment, bringing healing. We have to change the way we allow our children to be raised in these types of situations. Yeah. So taking that and trying to create a mentorship, um, around that for these children, to have somebody. Uh, I even speaking to another woman who, her husband, he's in recovery, and her little boys, all they wanted was daddy to sit and watch a football game with them, and Mm -hmm. to provide these children with, you know, a male figure that could do these things that maybe mommy is just in their head, just not, you know, not the right fit, not you know what i mean yeah um yeah yeah to give these children something um a solid person in their life that they can just sort of have fun with um yeah so i sort of went off of your question but
0: no it's you i your answer is perfect i it was a very long question, but first and foremost, I want to be clear too. And for those who don't know, Jonathan Davis is the singer for corn and incredible talent, incredible artist, and it, it tears me up, and I don't know him personally, but it tears me up when I saw this myself. I was like, oh no, and another, and it happened to be, this is amongst more famous circle, And it happens. Mm -hmm. It happens in not so famous circles, as you've pointed out too. But our condolences to him and his kids and family. And and what we do though, what we do from here, that I think you said that was so important. What does Rebel do with this? Because this hit very, very close to home for you, because this Mm -hmm. is you know this part of your husband's uh, what he does and all of that too. And he works with this person, you know, for all intents yeah. and purposes, they're, they're co-workers, so to speak. But what do we do from here is, is some of what I'm hearing there from you as far as, and this is a general thing in life. What do we do with situations as far as, is this a stumbling block? Is this a stepping stone? Can we do something to at least take this situation and make it something uh, positive and impactful
2: right. in
0: that way? And, and so that's, and you talk about the children i couldn't agree more i mean i've got two boys myself ray and i have talked a little about this comparing notes uh, raising boys and it's just uh, yeah. it, when you have kids everything changes too that perspective and he's got yeah. these these kids he's he's uh, now got to shift gears with with this having happened and
1: so and too it's like everybody's journey is different and unfortunately yes. in this world there is no answer. It's not like we can just supply, like, an individual with X, Y, and Z, and the problem is solved. So people just need to also be very open-minded that with Rebel, we can can give you as much as we possibly can in the sense of empowerment and coming to events and uniting this community to make you feel that you're not alone because you're not, and your voice matters because it does, and give you validation, but mm. you also have to do the work. You have to show up for yourself uh, to, to try to get to the other side. You really, you have to, and I mean, it's with recovery, um, yeah. you, and even an addict, you have to do the work to, to get to the other side.
0: Yeah, and I love that you say that too, because, I mean, even in our podcast, I always tell our audience two things. You are priceless and you are not alone. And I want people to just let that sink in because so many people get lost thinking something which is absolutely not true, that they're not priceless and some cases far from it or even worthless and, and that they are alone. And nothing could be further from the truth. So you can be kind of a pillar of light as other people and organizations for various things can be as well letting people know that they aren't alone. And I—that that is probably, if nothing else, one of the biggest impacts you yeah. can have here because people being alone is a lot of times what draws them in, it sounds like to me, to these addictions or other destructive right, behaviors. Exactly.
2: It, that's,
1: yeah, that, it allows it to stem to something um, damaging. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting because... Um, i've 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 had so many individuals just really pour their heart out and yeah. what has happened to them within their journey of being mm. the child of an addict uh being the wife husband of an addict um being an addict themselves and recovering, and now seeing it from the other side and a lot of these individuals feel like you know the those dark moments they're they're useless, you know, and, the, and it doesn't, they, they, there's no voice to that. But mm-hmm. what I want to, what I want to try to help people understand is to, as hard as it is, embrace, embrace it, yeah. because it sculpted you to be the strong individual you are today. And because of those moments, you have a world of knowledge to give other people that are looking for help who are in the same situation that you have had been in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love that empowerment side of, of what you're doing. That all feeds off the idea of you're not alone and, and this kind of this bigger picture of it all. And if you don't mind me asking also on that kind of that note of where some of these things come from, because you talked a little bit about your dad, um, what what is that background, if you don't mind me asking, is there anything there from his childhood, from his life and beyond from the previous generations that that may have contributed or genetically, I don't, you know, I can't speak too much to all of that, but is there, did he experience yeah, that? you
1: know, he, yes, he had a very hard childhood. And on the addiction side of things, I don't think that his family struggled with it, but I know that things happened where he never faced it. And probably what started out as social drinking turned into into something more. Um, and then him, you know, he had definitely, he had demons with inside that he didn't speak about. And I think it added to his addiction.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then you know, I I will say this because I did throw out crystal meth crystal meth in there, and it's it goes with the whole opioid um, episode that's going on right now. Yeah. Um. So man, it it was tough. It was a hard day when I knew something. I knew something was deeper with my dad than what he was wanting to share, and it finally came to a head where. He felt confident within me to tell me what was really going on, but he was battling um, being on oxycodone for 20 years and he was trying to get off of it. But the pain of trying to uh, sustain the withdrawals was so overbearing Mm -hmm. that he tried to take another drug to get him off of the oxys crystal meth was the other drug to mask the pain of the withdrawals mm. um, which from what I was told the crystal meth only lasted for a very short amount of time but regardless of the personal part of it um, it's just hard because these people who are battling addiction they don't want to be there
2: no. they're
1: hurting and no. they're and they're trying whether um, whether whether it's the outside of society can see that they're trying, but, um, and whatever choices they're making might not be like what we would imagine being a good alternative. Because I know when he told me that, I was like, you've lost your mind because that's not okay. Um, but yeah. who am I to say what's right and wrong in his, in his mm. defense,
2: yeah.
0: what he was
1: at? I have no idea where he, what he was feeling internally. So who am I to judge?
0: Well, and that that becomes kind of a vicious cycle too. You talk about right. he went to meth as an escape from the withdrawal from other things, and 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 so there's this this kind of this ugly thing that just mm-hmm. keeps recycling itself in one form or another, whether it's this or that. And I and then I think of these previous generations. We just talk a little bit about that. Uh, we talk about the greatest generation, World War II, for example. Uh, probably mm-hmm. our kind of our grandparents, more or less, and uh, and yet all, all these guys. My grandfather was in the Navy. They come back, and a lot of them are traumatized, and we didn't have any uh, comprehension of what we now call post-traumatic stress syndrome and uh, right. or disorder, and and the various things that uh, take place. So, so I think in some capacity, people didn't really know how to cope. I mean, a lot of these folks came out of the Great Depression. They were just trying to survive, just physically stay alive <laughs> for the yeah. most part. And so there weren't a lot of coping mechanisms in place. And I hear stories both related to my grandparents and and others that they just had pain and they didn't know what to do. And it's lo and behold, alcohol or some other thing dulled some of that pain. And so they, they kind of turned to that. But do you think there's kind of... Maybe in our society is there sort of an embarrassment if somebody's going through pain? Not that that's all that causes addiction, but it feeds into it clearly. Is there is there kind of an embarrassment culture that oh I can't go ask for help or there's a stigma Absolutely. around mental health?
1: Yeah, because unfortunately people view vulnerability for asking for help as a weakness. Yeah, where that's one of Rebel's core values because you have to have vulnerability. To get to the other side, you have to be vulnerable to get to that pivotal moment internally to make the change. You can't do it alone. And there's so many people out there who would love to be vulnerable and don't know how and just need the guidance to know that it's okay. Because, yeah, our society has trained us to don't talk about it. Um, So then there's the shame and the stigma and, and that follows the family members, too. And that's why I went down, uh, you know, going into alcoholism, uh, because I, I, you know, we live in a very prim and proper neighborhood, Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: so what Mm -hmm. is that going to look like uh, for my kids? What is that going to look like for Ray? What is that, you know, how is my dad's drug addiction, how will that reflect on us? What are other people going to think
0: where, um,
1: you know, none of that matters, because, Everybody's everybody's struggling in one way or another, and if we can all just let our guard down a little bit and, um, and take it easy, like, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I kind of know. That's great points. I wonder if there's a way in our culture that we can uh, change the approach, the mindset, that not only should we not be embarrassed, but we ought to encourage people to speak up about their feelings and whatever it is that yeah. they... Uh,
1: Exactly. And that's what I tell people is embrace embrace it. Embrace the pain. Because that's that's the moment that once you do that and you and you accept it and you share it and you see how many people are there for you, cheering you on to help you get to the other side, that's when the pivotal moments happen, not for only you but the community. And that's how rebel you know, I, that's how I realized that wow, there's something more here. Is embracing it, yeah, sharing it, owning it, um, and then empowering and igniting it from that point on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If it weren't for
1: the pain, uh, rebel would not have been fueled the way that it was. Um, I was hurting so bad that nothing was stopping me. So instead of becoming the victim through pain. I became, like, the empowerer through pain. So if people can just change their mindset a little bit instead of feeling like you're a victim because you're not, um, just change perception a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I think about what you're saying about embrace the pain. One of my favorite quotes, by the way, Tony Robbins said that what you link to pleasure and what you link to pain will determine your destiny. And I thought about that. I was like, that's one of the most profound things I've ever heard. Like if you, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's related to addiction, drugs and whatnot, or eating and exercise or what you do with your career or not, it's if you find pleasure, hopefully in good things, even though there might be pain associated, for example, with exercising or getting off drugs, it's what we associate with that. And and that's such a key psychological thing because I've personally been going through lots of books myself, and you learn a few things here and there about psychology and how we associate and frame things in life. And so when people's pain pain is a like a necessary part of life, yet we don't want to talk about it, but we have commercials galore about you know a leave and Tylenol and and then right. there's these harder everything's about avoiding pain. But when you talk about embrace the pain, what a powerful yeah. statement, Aspen! I can't even begin to say ah. how powerful that is because embra- embracing the pain yeah. is the first step to actually deal with it in a healthy manner don't you think i mean yeah. so
1: yeah it's pretty awesome honestly to um, to be able to strip away everything that i ever knew and to really hone in on my emotions and what stemmed from that And I realized in the gosh, year and a half Mm
2: -hmm.
1: sculpting rubble that I felt most um, inspired in my most hurtful moments and my most painful moments is when I grew the most. So why are we teaching our society to mask that and not talk about that? Because there's something so powerful when you can just own up to it and um, and see the amount of people that can feed off of that.
0: Yeah. And it's not just embrace the pain. It's almost embrace the pain with hope that, it, yeah. that here's pain, but guess what? We don't need to run from it. We don't need to mask it with drugs, alcohols, shooting something in our arm or whatever it might be. Mm. We can have hope of a, of a better way that's actually more permanent, you know, like I think about I used to do yard work and pulling out the weeds, pulling it out by the root. And it's, it's easier said than done. I know that I've had my share of pain and trauma in my life. We all have in some capacity, but pulling it out by the root and that there's hope that we can do that figuratively speaking with whatever these pains are with your father's situation. You almost have to look at him like that little child that went through whatever he went through. Not just, this is the man who's put you through pain because probably at his core, he didn't want to, but he didn't know how to handle this. He didn't know how to, Yeah. you know, I can't speak for everybody. People have their different reasons, but how, how we're handling pain and what we link to these things is such a powerful uh, statement. I think overall, I, mm. now, now you talked earlier about the, the boxing. I want to touch back on that for a second. Um, how important is it? to have something like that as a, as a relief and a kind of release better word for this inner tension and pain. And maybe go ahead.
1: I think it's incredibly important. Um, You have to, as an individual, when you have so much built up inside and you don't know where to go with it, you have to find what it is that's going to make you okay. And, bring you back to normalcy and ground you, it was the only thing that allowed me to fight what could have been alcoholism. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was, it's, I believe that whether it's it's art or it's yoga or for me, boxing, Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, it's what allows you to show up for yourself. Yeah. and to give yourself self-love and self-endurance because you need that, it, and it's therapy, and, and in, any, in any sense, you take something back from that. And it's something that nobody else can do for you, which I think is really important for everybody to experience. Uh, what you get for showing up for yourself, nobody can gift you that. And to experience it and to feel it firsthand
0: Nothing else compares to it. Yeah. No, I I appreciate you elaborating on that because there's a ton to be said for that, for having an outlet. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, people, things build up. It's it's almost like physics. Things build up. Tension builds up. This this is real. It's not just... You talk about physics of pressure building up in a pipe or something. The very same type of thing happens mm-hmm. in people. So if you can let it out in a healthy manner, boxing or playing music. That was something for me. I mentioned, I, you know, I actually play drums mm-hmm. too. And that I grew up with some anger and things in my family and so on and so forth. And I, I got to beat the hell out of these drums. <laughs> and Sure enough, yeah. that that became a release where I wasn't beating the heck out of someone at school or, or some other right. unhealthy thing that maybe I'd end up in jail. And, and people do yeah. that too. And so that's why we have to find these. That's why I ask you about that because these healthy outlets It just sounds like Mm -hmm. such such a like not just important, but indispensable part of this process. Absolutely. Um, And
1: and for the boxing, it's not even it's not even for the the physical like it's not even what happens to your body and like a physical shape. It's what happens internally. And I think that's for anything um, for for you playing drums. Or for somebody sitting in, if if therapy, if someone's going and talking to their therapist, if that's their outlet, mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: or planting flowers, whatever it may be, it's what happens in internally, um, and you have to, you have to go through it to really to to, to feel it and understand it.
0: Yeah. And how important is it to this whole idea of honesty? Because, again, all this has to do with running from something. It sounds a lot like, for the most part, in a lot of cases at least, it has to do with running from pain, running from something perhaps. How important is it to just put on the brakes and just, this is what it is, this is who I am, and I have to be honest with what this has become?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you
1: have to. You have to be honest you have to be vulnerable. You have to just face your demons to um, to give yourself a fair shot to make it to the other side of of making a change. Um, because if you're masking, if you're masking while you're fighting, if you're masking while your heart breaks, um, even if you're masking it to yourself, let alone a conversation piece to your friends, if you can't be honest with yourself on an anonymous level, then. I mean it, it's just like with addiction, if you're not ready to face it, you're not gonna you're not gonna beat it,
0: yeah, yeah great points i uh I think about your organization here, and what are some of the specific kinds of things that you're trying to do or the initiatives and even fundraising efforts for this particular cause,
1: yeah, so. My goodness, what it, what it started out to be is what it is,
2: is, what it is
1: today is crazy to me. Um, what it initially was going to be was we were just going to make empowerment pieces, such as bracelets. That goes back to where my dad and I,
2: six years ago, we made
1: a bracelet, and we were going to mass-produce them and sell them and give money back to a charity uh-huh. And that never happened, but I always kept a hold of this bracelet, and it was very special to me because him and I handmade made it. Um, so the day that I spoke openly about my father, um, I was on a mission to change the world. And mm-hmm. and I say that with no jo- like, joking aside, like, I'm going to change the face of addiction and allow the people of love, love and addict to be heard. Yeah. So... The day I spoke about that, I didn't know how I was going to do this and opened up a drawer uh, just to grab a charger and saw that bracelet literally staring up at me. (laughs) And I picked it up and held it in the palm of my hand, and I was like, this is it. This is how I'm going to change today's society and how I'm going to And how incredible that my pain was coming from A journey I was walking with my father, but here I'm tying back to something him and I made together um, that I was going to raise awareness on our, you know, through our journey, but for so many other people through something him and I made together. So it was a very um, special moment that I'll never forget. I was (laughs) by myself, but so, so it started out with okay, how do I mass-produce these bracelets? What does this mean? How are we doing this? Mm -hmm. And um, there was no charity that really stood for what I believed in, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, which I didn't really believe in uh, being anonymous. And I didn't really believe in, you know, staying quiet, because how are we supposed to help the majority of our people if, you know, we can't show face and show up for ourselves and show up for them? Mm-hmm. uh, through honesty and pain and just be a good guide. Um, so with that, then I was like, okay, well, I must start a 501c3. I must become a nonprofit now to, um, really do what I believe we should do. So, so now what rebel is, is we're, we're creating awareness via social media globally because this is a global problem. And, um, now, what I'm trying to do is raise enough funds where we can do statewide empowerment tour or statewide empowerment events, mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: where we can go to each state, uh, unite this community of people uh, on a more uh, on a different level in the sense of we're not going to meet in a room with chairs and coffee mm-hmm. and, and talk about and like sit in a circle. We're going to do something. Physical. We're going to get our endorphins going, and we're going to be healthy, and we're going to give people a healthy outlet, um, such as boxing or kayaking or or hiking or painting and, or whatever it may be. We're going to unite this community in a healthy way, yeah. and instead of feeling like we're sitting in a circle being the victim, we're not. We're not going to look at it that way. We're going to. We're going to fight through it. We're going to face our biggest fears, and. And become vulnerable in the sense of, of giving people a healthy outlet and, and, and allowing them to know how to deal with these emotions. Um, so that, that's sort of where we're at now. So how do we do that? How do we bring this statewide? We're doing our first empowerment event this Saturday in Nashville, which we've only launched three months ago, and I can't believe we're already putting on our first event um, and then, so on, on the sense of okay, that's how we're going to bring empowerment. But now, how do we become proactive?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: reaching out to Big Brother Big Sister, which is another nonprofit, to see if there's a if there's a way that we can that we can tailor a mentorship program between the two of us to give to these children who need need somebody.
0: Right, right. That's uh. It's incredible what you said, because you covered a lot there as far as like the bracelets, first of all. Um, yeah. I, I find that amazing, just in life in general, isn't it amazing how things just kind of hit you like that. <laughs> that uh. This is what we need to do. And a lot of times, I personally would look at that as that's that's inspiration from a bigger place. And uh, yeah. and so I'm glad that, that you guys came. And I think that's a beautiful thing that you guys are doing. I've seen some of those bracelets. And uh, go out it's and look amazing. for those for the people listening. Oh,
1: my gosh. The people, like, I can't. I wish my dad and I are not on, on speaking terms right now, which I've gotten to a, another place within to sort of just accept it right now. But I just wish that he could see how many people have been positively impacted by our story and yeah. you know we're not we're not in a in a place that most people would look at as a positive place but to generate you know our personal journey and create a light for other people uh, it's just really amazing
0: yeah. it's really
1: uh, it's amazing
0: <laughs> i love that you're doing that because these are these are the things America is such a great place, and certainly it's not the whole world, but we're kind of a beacon in a lot of ways to the world. And a lot of the great things of the last century, airplanes and the internet and TV, all these things that came about largely came from America. and but at the same time, we have these unhealthy habits both in eating and in these addictive there's addictive mm. natures related even just to eating. So I love that what you're doing you mentioned facing fears and we talked about embracing pain and just these these real important things that that people run from and, and then and then hide from with oh this is just my day-to-day grind this is my job so I'm just going to hide from this thing and then I'll I'll mask it in the evening by doing whatever mm-hmm. alcohol and drugs so Right. Uh, I can't. I it's can't. like
1: reteaching. It's like re-identifying the word fight to people and allowing them to understand that fighting is, it could be a very positive thing for you.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: and uh, yeah, you mentioned eating and trying to introduce to our community: like, you have to do the work, whether it's being consci- co- conscientious of what you're putting into your body as food mm. and. Uh, and just being physically active and, and what you get out of that, the positivity that comes from within, uh, is uncomparable. Like it's, it's a lot of people run to depression medicine because it's easy and it's plastered all over every single commercial that you see. Um, but a lot of the stuff, I mean, generally speaking, um, can be with a little bit of work, self-work and self-love. Yeah. Uh, You can get there on your own.
0: Yeah. But it's so helpful in most cases, I think, to have a group cause, a kind of a support system, like you're, it sounds like fostering with this whole thing, where people have kind of that support to fall back on because they'll have their weak moments, they'll have their dark times where, oh let me go watch this video or read this thing through rebel or go to this event mm-hmm. to give them that extra boost mm-hmm. and so yes people can and and it's important that they do it on their own but rebel is empowering that's why that's one of the words is the title of our podcast empower cuz it's such an important and uh, powerful if you will word <laughs> to yeah. be empowered personally to know how to do that and then ultimately get to a place where you're empowered enough to be somewhat self-sufficient uh, just like you might take your kids' hands as they're you know still young, but probably know how to walk by now, and you had to kind of take them by the hand to teach them that, as did I with my exactly. kids. But eventually, you let yeah. them go and let them just walk on their own, and you watch and marvel from a distance.
1: Oh, Gosh, yeah, I've um, and and using that as a as sort of like a visual piece, I've seen other people who are were in are in my shoes in the very beginning of realizing that they could. Take their journey and change their perspective a little bit, and not become the victim. And there's one girl in particular where we've been in contact for it's going on a year now, and mm-hmm. she came up to me in tears, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, you don't know who I am, but I heard on what, I heard about you're working on and my father," and she's sharing all this stuff with me and how it has just completely turned her world upside down, and she didn't think that she could find positivity out of what she was going through and to see her flourish on where she's at today in her life. I mean, oh my gosh, I still have my hard days just, you know, just because you're empowered and you find strength, but not every day is going to be easy. And, um, and I've gone to her for, you know, this is where I'm at. Like, I just need somebody to talk to. And she's given me strength pieces and i've left a conversation piece with her like okay wow i can look at this in a different way and it's just really cool to see these individuals that rebel has like facilitated these conversations with people and allowed people to find strength within like everybody has this inside it's just allowing them to realize how to get there and hold their hand and guide them
0: yeah Sometimes it just takes reminding, like you just said. Everyone has this strength inside. Reminding them and letting them know, and helping them find that out for themselves. I, I love what you're saying there, and and also admitting that you have your uh, hard days as well, which is another reason for having a a kind of a group uh, of support, so to speak, for this whole kind of a system. We just
1: put a post up. Like we're 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 very social media. Um, Adamant because every everybody is all over the globe with this. So yes. how to reach people is it's become that, which is really cool to have these platforms to allow us to reach Switzerland, Germany, wherever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But um, we just did a post on what does healing look like to you? Is is healing mean that every day is great? Like once you're healed? Uh, no, no, that it, that's not what it means. When you're walking alongside a loved one battling addiction. Um, healing means that you know how to understand your bad days and what it takes to get through those days
2: mm-hmm. in a
1: healthy outlet and to accept that it's going to happen because you have triggers and you have emotions that are going to uh, come from those triggers, and that's okay, and you have to accept that. And you can't be so hard on yourself and just know that bad days will come, and that is in the process of healing, and that doesn't mean that you failed. Uh, That's just, that's what it is.
0: Yeah. So
1: it's been, it's been, it's been such a rewarding journey. And what I, you know, so many people come to me and just say, Aspen, because of you, I now feel like I have a purpose in my life. Because of you, I feel like I have a voice. Because of you, I feel like my dark past, there was a reason for that. And Mm. it's very difficult for me to accept those very gracious words because I don't feel worthy for that Mm. because I've done nothing but share my journey and allow people to understand that they have it within themselves. It's already there. It's just how do we ignite that empowerment? How do we allow people to tap into that emotion to know that they can do it too? Because all I did was give this a title, which is rebel. Rebel was already in existence before I was born. Rebel was in ex- will be in existence when I'm gone. <laughs> we will we will teach Rebel through our children. Yes. I've done nothing but give it a title. And yeah. so it's teaching these people that we, you know, we can do this together. It is not one person.
2: Yeah. You
1: have it within yourself. Um so that's,
2: yeah.
0: That's powerful
1: it's been uh it's
0: been incredible. Yeah, I and what you're saying about rebel existed before you were born, and again, I'm kind of the I, I kind of have this school of thought that truth is just truth, and true principles of happiness, joy, success, and overcoming things like this, addictions and whatnot uh, are are just principles that are somewhat unchanging for us as humans and i'd love that you're kind of helping educate and and foster these environments these supportive environments for for this particular it's really a growing epidemic and hopefully we can with some of what you're doing and some other organizations maybe kind of slow that down and and stop and reverse even what's what's gone on because it's it's horrible to see
1: Thing. Please. I'm sorry. I'm like going on a little tangent over here. No, you're I fine. Become, I get very passionate on these conversations. And um, you know, it's been talking about the journey of Rebel and, and what it is today, from where it started. uh it's been mind blowing to the fact of people who are struggling with addiction have come to Rebel to hear the hurt from a family member's perspective without having to hear it from their family members, without having to hear it like, you've done this, you've done this, all these fingers pointed at them, Mm -hmm. they can come to this community of rebel and hear this hurt from a compassionate, loving Mm place. And I had somebody reach out telling me that they were 60 days sober because of realizing the hurt that they put on their family without having to hear it from their family. Wow. If you can follow what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Instead yeah. of
1: them. Yeah. Instead of hearing their daughter point all these things at you, 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 because they feel so much hurt and regret and shame from seeing that they failed their kid, that gosh, how do you, how do you battle substance abuse when that's what you run to when you're in pain, but for them to be able to tap into our social media and read, like, I love them, and I want to help them, and I don't know how, and I must feeling this way, and I know they have so much good in them, and to hear it from a loving place
2: yeah.
1: um, has allowed people to recover. I, it's yeah. insanity to me. I,
0: yeah. Love. So is
1: who knows what Rebel will become in a year from now, and like what our what our audience uh, will become?
0: Yeah, and and I was just going to say, love is probably the most powerful thing in the universe. When you think about it, and for people to to be able mm-hmm. to feel that and embrace that too is a real important part of this process. And any any process of healing and recovery and reversal of Bad habits, whatever it might be, and, and what what do you have to say, Aspen, to addicts themselves and to those around them—family, friends, and loved ones? What what do you have to say to addicts in particular, uh, with regards to all this?
1: Mm, okay, so I'll I'll use this question and, and speak on a personal note on behalf to what I would say to my father, and it would be that I know I know what he has deep down inside mm-hmm. and I know who he is and I know who he can be and regardless of what shame or embarrassment or what lies he, he wants to um, cover just that all of that is gone in the sense of his recovery and um, none of that matters in the sense of his recovery um, because I know the strength that's that's there. Mm. And um, I always used to say as a child that my dad was my biggest hero. I'm going to get choked up here <laughs> okay. um, because, you know, you're in third grade, second grade, and people say, well, who's your hero? And um, typically you say one of your parents. Right. And I said it was my dad. And it, it dawned on me, my son... Husband, who's seven. I asked him, I go, Hey buddy, who's your, who's your hero? Like just having a conversation with him. And then in the midst of that conversation, I stopped dead in my tracks and I realized that more so now than ever, my father truly is my hero. No matter uh, where he's at within his addiction or recovery, he's a, He's the one who instilled this strong individual in me, and I wouldn't be who I am today without seeing where he's at and and what he's taught me and who he's taught me to be in the midst of his battles. And I think people that struggle with addiction, um, I don't know, maybe not be so hard on themselves, on the pain that they may have caused, because the people on the other side... You know, could still be looking at them in such a positive light.
0: Yeah, what, what perspective though that I mean, that you're expressing right now? I, I love it because, and you're clearly a great person. Ray attested to this in our interview as well, and I can see it, and so can so many others. but it's it's such a great example, I think, as you're talking about your your father and he's still your hero even with whatever pain that has come through that relationship as well, that he's still your hero. I just love you expressing that and the love that, that you still have there. And um, what what else would you have to say to any of those surrounding this difficult topic where they have a loved one of whoever might be the addict and, and they're watching in their own hell or pain uh, from a distance Mm -hmm. or even close by in the same home as it might be. What do you have to say to those people?
1: I think that it's incredibly important for them to keep a good eye on where their addiction, the other person's addiction, is bringing them. Uh, To keep a good eye on their mental health and their mental stability. um, Because at any point in time, loving an addict, it can break us. And if we aren't strong enough for ourselves, and if we can't love and be gentle on our own hearts, we can't be there for them and give them 100% of, of what we need to give them. And to also understand that having boundaries is very important, um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: whether it... whether you just have to understand what you're signing up for. And if it comes to a point where things are becoming too difficult for you to handle, to set those boundaries, um, they're very important. And even if that means you need to disconnect from that person until you can find uh, yourself at a stable place again with understanding where you're at and understanding where they're at, then then that's okay, too.
0: Yeah. Great, great. Setting boundaries, uh, that's a real important part of that, too. And I I hear you expressing love there as well from these people around that. And that's one of the reasons they're experiencing, and in your case, that you experienced and continue in some ways experiencing pain surrounding this topic, too. Because there is love. It's a powerful thing.
1: Right. I think, too, that people need to understand that anger stems from love. Yeah, you love this person, and that's why you're angry because you care.
0: Yeah, and and I realize this this rebel for a change is still relatively kind of in its infancy, but it's growing quickly into a mm-hmm. beautiful thing, uh, thanks largely to you and your uh, leadership. What what is your vision and legacy with this moving forward?
1: vision is to is to change the world. I, and I, I say that in a sense of, like, I sort of right. laugh because I think people um, say that in a sense of, like, you know, they just say it, but I legitimately feel like if people can give us a chance to speak on behalf of loving an addict, we might be able to change the way today society treats addiction.
0: Yeah. Well, clearly, whatever we've been doing hasn't been working so far. And I, mm-hmm. I, for one, like a lot of people, I think, believe in uh, having a grand vision. You know, like uh, Les Brown said, shoot for the moon, and even if you miss, you land among the stars. Having mm-hmm. a high, high vision is is a real important thing. So change the world. Yes, that's general. But yes, yeah. I think you know some <laughs> of what that means specifically, too, for you. Right. And, and I respect the heck out of that. Um, so... What else would you like to add? Because we'll we'll wrap up here, and uh, but any, anything else you want to add? I know you have this event coming up. If you want to elaborate more on that as well,
1: yes, yeah, so our event. Oh goodness, it's in four, three, and and uh, it'll be the first kickoff of the Love Club. Gosh, everything is surrounded by love. It's very interesting having this conversation with you because um, it's funny because when I was I went to my attorney saying I, I need to start a nonprofit and explaining everything to him, he was like, well, Aspen, to prove to the IRS that you can be a nonprofit, it has to be more than just about love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just started laughing because, you know, that's just, you know, so much that goes with love. So (laughs) it's called the Love Club and and it's going to be our first kickoff of... Really trying to allow people to get into a vulnerable place and face their biggest fears and fight it out and re-identify the word fight. And what's really cool is we're going to do an exercise um, in the beginning. Give everybody a piece of chalk and write on their boxing bag. We're going to be doing it at Title Boxing Club in Cold Spring. Write on their boxing bag um, why they're fighting and the, before they even before they even unleash anything. Um, what what is at the surface of why they're fighting? Because typically anger and ego gets in the way and you think you're fighting for one thing, but then once you strip it down and allow these individuals to fight and punch and feel this hurt to come out and actually visualize it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then at the end of whenever we're all done boxing, to them then re-ask that question, so your answer that you placed on the bag, is that <laughs> truly why you're fighting? Is that truly what's making your heart break? And it's allowing these individuals to sort of t- take a step back, strip all of the emotions, and answer the question in a very honest place. Yeah. Um, so this will be our first one, and in hopes that we can get grants and bring in enough donations is to do a statewide tour. And like I said, not all of them will be in boxing facilities. Um, we're just doing that because it's what I'm passionate about and I want to kick off the first one. But we also have sponsors such as Grab the Gold and uh, I, Love or, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I Love Juice Bar. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I Love Juice Bar, sorry. Grab the Gold and <laughs> I Love Juice Bar. They're going to be sponsoring the event too. And it's in a way also reinforcing that what you put in your body is what you're getting out and to bring strength and health and fitness and mental and, and, and then leave it with, a with a, um, Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. My head is (laughs) is, uh, taking a blink. Um, leave it with me and a motivational speaker, um, to sit down and really allow these people to leave with quite, Key pointers on what they can do at home when they're facing these emotions that they don't know how to how to conquer.
0: Yeah, that sounds amazing. It is interesting. You mentioned your attorney saying, "Oh, this you can't have a nonprofit just based on love," because <laughs> I sometimes <laughs> I in our in our podcast I've mentioned that uh, when we say this, you are priceless. One of the things about that, I think back to the Beatles with their "The best things in life are free" and all of that mm-hmm. that, that we hear about, but when we say priceless, we literally mean above the monetary systems of this world as far as, and that's what love is. That's what, that's what people are in general. That's what these relationships are. And so you talk about nonprofit, well, in the terms of what the world's standards are for money, it's, it is above that. But yeah, I guess yeah. for legal purposes, those darn attorneys, he's got to have something, but.
1: Uh, I know. I, he was like, you need to put a business plan together. I'm like, what is <laughs> happening? This is not. This is not about a business plan. This is about teaching people about yeah. love and empowerment, <laughs> vulnerability, and showing up for yourself.
2: And
0: so, well, you're amazing, doing it. But you're doing it. As I and as I see you move forward, I promise you, it'll unfold. Just like uh, this whole bracelets thing just kind of jumped out at you. It'll unfold yeah. if, as you just keep plugging away and and pushing forward. It it'll unfold. Some things that you may not be sure of yet, I'm, I'm confident will unfold properly, because this is a beautiful thing you're doing. And so there's, I think, positive energy and forces of the universe connected to what you're doing that are going to help you. <laughs> That's just my own personal feeling. I um, We'd love to team up with you in some capacity to think about some way we can do that. I'm on the West Coast. Maybe we can come up with some events to do out here uh, when you get That'd to that great. place.
1: That's we have, great. We have a couple other little, uh, not little, they're huge parts of Rebel that we haven't uh, released yet. But um, one being the Fight for Happiness Project, which Brian Welch was a, was part of,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, it's where we take boxing gloves and we dip it in paint and we actually um, create art out of pain, and then it allows us to take a step back and look at how beautiful the fight is, because without fighting, you couldn't get to the other the, the pivotal moment to find joy. Um, so there's that that we'll be doing, and then there's also. Another part of Rebel called Hello, My Name Is, where Jay Weinberg, he's the drummer of Slipknot, mm-hmm. uh, he was the artist on that piece, and uh, that's going to allow individuals from around the world to put their story um, from pen to paper and write it out, and there's so much healing that happens when you actually try to sit down and put to words what you feel, and um, And so whatever happens on that piece of paper, whether it's tears, whether it's ripped up and taped back together, whether it's scribbled out or your pictures drawn, we want these rebels to send it to us, our our P.O. box, send it to us and allow us to scan in their stories, which for me, it's like art on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Um, Scan in their stories and put it on our social platforms. And these individuals can remain anonymous if they choose, but yeah. it allows them to see how other people can relate and unite to their dark moments and allow other people to realize that there is hope for them, too, because not everybody's going to be able to relate with me and their father and, and vice versa. Some people have had horrific things happen to them, yeah. and I think that these... These journeys need to be shared so other people can understand that there's hope to get to the other side. So there's other parts of Rebel that, aside from the Love Club, aside from the empowerment events and the mentorship, um, there's so much still that we're going to be launching in the next coming. And and we have featured Rebels. We have beautiful, um, like, documentary-style videos from influential people that uh, individuals like to follow that will be showcasing their stories and uh, and in their hometowns, and it's just it's really cool what's to come. Uh, what we have out there right now is the utter beginning of what we're about to release.
0: Great, I love the vision, and I love everything you guys are doing. The bracelets, I mean, that's something that can remind anyone wearing them of any number of things, both from love to avoiding addictions, uh, you know, maintaining the right habit. Just everything you're doing, I think, is a a beautiful, uh, harmonious thing, supporting all the other pillars of this uh, great organization. And uh, I can't say enough about it, Aspen. (laughs) We love what you're doing. We love you you. guys. And Is there anything else you want to add? i appreciate
1: the time and the interest of even wanting to hear my journey.
0: It's it's amazing to me that...
1: What was tears and um you know i I cried a lot <laughs> to now where people I don't know are really just showing up and want to hear more is beyond my wildest dreams,
0: yeah, good, well, uh, so this event when when exactly is the event?
1: Uh, it's this Saturday, November tenth okay, uh, it'll be our first one and in hopes that we can generate enough funds. Uh, our our goal is to do a statewide uh, empowerment tour.
0: Yeah, great. So this is in Nashville, and uh, everyone can catch up on uh, Instagram, Rebel, at Rebel for a Change, right? And yep. uh, Twitter, are you on Twitter too?
1: We're on Twitter, yep.
0: And Rebel for Basically a Change.
1: everything is everything's toned in on Instagram, and then it filters into into twitter and facebook but everything is rebel for a change and then we also have rebel for a com, which uh our shop is on there so you can buy the jewelry you can buy the empowerment pieces we have t-shirts that'll be available soon and a hundred percent of the proceeds go right back into the nonprofit to allow us to do these events and create these support groups
0: great love it keep doing what you're doing let's uh Follow up here, maybe do a sequel here on our interview, and some some sometime down the road, and uh, I'd love to. Yeah, and and until next, this is what I tell my audience at the end. Until next time, everybody, empower yourself, empower the world around you. Thank you, Aspen.
2: Absolutely.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EmpowerHumans.com. We'll catch you next time.